This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Okay, good evening, good evening. This is the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. Today, or tonight, (laughs) we're going to talk about women who change the world. How about that? Yes, so we're going to start doing that. We're going to start doing that because women are always doing something fantastic. So that's what we're going to do today. Today is uh, the last month of Women's Month. So sit back and just have a chocolate (laughs) drink. And let's go on and have a good time. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Okay, the show has started. And right now, this is the co-host who's taking the place of my my other one. (laughs) Miss Lucy, how you doing? I'm here, Miss Jenny White. Okay. I was so inspired by our co-host who's missing tonight. <laughs> and when he talks about Shirley Chisholm, Miss Shirley Chisholm, that I mean, I have really, has really given me a lift. And I was wondering, going back to see women, great women who did change the world, even in some rough situations, they made a difference. And that's well, what I want know, to emphasize. Uh, Okay, and I know it's going to be good. Well, he wanted to, he uh, does something with the children, and he went to um, two states, and that's where he is. But he'll be on his way so he can come back home. But I'm glad that we kept it on for him, and now I got another host. So now I'm just going to leave it to her. And she's going to tell us all the females what we have done, what we are doing, and what we will do. Okay, Miss Lucy. Thank you, Miss tonight. Thank you, Ms. Denny White, for the opportunity just to share. You know, when oh, you yeah. look at women, period, we have... You can do that. Can you hear me? Yes. Can and you, I would like to say, before you start, can I say just this, that any yes. of the other women who would like to have um, ideas and would like to say something so others can hear it, you're welcome. Just let me know. Okay. Co-host, please let us know. Yeah, but I would like to um, it, uh, uh, our co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, Mayfield uh, Coleman, who was talking about Shirley Chisholm. I really didn't realize just how much of a uh, an impact that she had made, you know. And so I began to just to check, to look, go through um, Google and things like that of women who really made a change in the world. 
And I was impressed by this one, uh, these two, two, well, they were young women. Uh, one, her name was, and this is hard to pronounce, she was a Pakistani in. Her name was Malaya Yusuf, and she was an actor for education. And, um, you know, um, they just don't believe in educating women, you know. You know but one of the things we have, we have found out is that if you can educate a woman, you can educate a nation because she's going to do something to make her family better. You know, that's her pride. I know when I, I look agree. at the story, I know. Yeah, I, when I look at the story, until I love to look at the good earth, you know, with uh, Paul Muni and um, Louise Rayner when they're talking about the Chinese and how he, she was a slave, her mother sold her for food and things, and she was treated bad in the, the big house and things like that. But when he took her home, you know, she was supposed to be, a, you know, uh, the way they treat women, he took her home when he let her know that this is their land, they've been here, and now it's her land, and she could do. She put her whole her life into building and making her home better. She wanted education for her children. You know, she found ways of she took a, a, a peach seed and planted it in the ground the day of her wedding and uh, cooking and things like that. But she worked hard because now she was somebody. And she was supposed to take her, when she had her firstborn son, she was supposed to take him back to the big house where she was a slave. And she said, I'm not going to that house. I'm going to be with my son in my arms. And she was just, you know, talking about the, the, what, what made her feel proud, not going to make me a beautiful outfit of bread and shoes and all of this stuff, and now I'm going to show myself and my son to all of them where she was considered nothing. And so this is what it is. She changed a lot. She did it for her family to build her family up. And this is the, this is the inner sense that women basically have if they're given a chance. And so um, this girl, um, her name is Malaysia Yusuf, and she, was, she believed in her father taught her education. But it wasn't popular at all, at all. And here she is, she's on the bus coming home from school, and uh, to, to, uh, to, to, they believe it was Taliban, she got on this uh, bus, and they shot her in the head, this young teenager, shot her mm -hmm. in the head, shot two other ones, and then ran off and stuff. Well, they got her to a hospital where uh, they did extensive surgery, and she came out of it, and she came back. She was an educational uh, activist, and she won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2014 at the age of 17 because she believed in education. And to me, that, and that's something that we all should be thankful for. It can happen, you know, under the worst of situations. Women usually have to come forward. They got to find a way. They got to make the way out of no way, so to speak. And, I thought and that they she shot was her in the head? In the head. I think she shot three times in the head, if I'm not mistaken. Oh three times in the head. You know God and they with her. her. Oh, yeah. It is. And this other person, I think, we've all heard about her. Her name is Anne Frank. And she was a German Jew during the time of Hitler. And she, she, uh, they had to hide out from the Nazis up in the attic or something like that. But she wrote down her, in her diary what they, had to, what she was, they were going through. And all of this and trying to keep safe and all of this. And she wrote it down. But they, at the end, they were captured. And she was taken to the concentration camp. And all of her family was killed except her father. But her father, he made it his business to take her diary and present it to the world from this young girl's viewpoint. And that's what you hear about the diary of Anne Frank. Because she wrote down what she, what she was experiencing. And we can read it today as to what happened to her. Anne Frank, and she was a young girl. Another thing I like. Um, Let me ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Was she was she blind? No, Anne Frank wasn't blind. No. Okay. She All wasn't right. blind. Yeah, she was a German Jew. Yeah. Okay, I like to talk about uh, Queen Queen Elizabeth the First. She was called the Virgin Queen. You know, Henry VIII wanted a baby, wanted a son to take over the throne. He married Anne Boleyn, who was fooling around with him. But anyway, her mother, she, she had a girl. Her mother, Anne Boleyn, you know, uh, Henry VIII had her trumped up a lot of lies on her. And what he did was he had her beheaded. Oh. And she is growing up. Yeah, she was beheaded. 
And uh, here is Elizabeth the first growing up. And uh, there were a lot of people, a lot of, but he wanted a son to be on the throne. This other woman he married, she gave him a son, but he was weak, like, and, and, all, and he did not last long at all. And it put her in direct, um, uh, she, in other words, she ended up becoming queen. She's called the virgin queen. She never married or anything like that. But she was very instrumental in controlling, and her population, her whole life was sold out to the furtherance of England. And uh, Spain at that time was the world uh, uh, power. You know, they had the Spanish Armada, these big Spanish ships and things of that nature, 60-something guns and all of this stuff. Well, anyway, they, they decided that Philip of Spain started, was going to come against England. And um, she led her troops and her ships to victory over the Spanish Armada. And she's known for, you know, just the way she can talk. She could talk and control and the troops. And they were crazy about Queen Elizabeth I. And that's what I like about it. She's called the Virgin Queen. She never married. She never had any children or anything like that. But uh, she was committed to England. And I thought that was something that was interesting. This one I like. Um, her name is Catherine the Great. of, And she was also known as Catherine II of Russia. She was the Empress of Russia by, guess what she did? She overthrew her husband, Peter III. <laughs> he okay. was thinking like he was going to get her off throne and put his girlfriend there. She did a coup on him and <laughs> took over the throne. She had the backing of the church at that time. But she was a champion for the arts, for education. She extended the Russian borders to where they are basically right now. And, um, and she still believed in education. She believed in the arts. You know, bringing Rus the Russian people up to society, you know, the, the world surrounding them. And she, but uh, she had, and finally her husband, they say she had him killed. She says she didn't, but uh, she became the empress of, of Russia. That's Catherine the Great, or Catherine the Third of Russia. I thought that was interesting. You know, don't, don't, let, don't say what women won't do now. Come on now. We know <laughs> what they are capable of. Absolutely. That's, that's what they're capable of. Uh, I like um, uh, Maya Angelou. Angelou, but she was an American uh, memorist. She's very popular. Uh, she's written poems. Uh, she was a civil rights activist. She was a writer of plays, poetry. Uh, she wrote uh, poetry for a presidential um, inauguration. She's done movies, all of this. The best thing I like about her was at the age of seven, she was raped by her 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 mother's boyfriend at seven. Oh, and, my uh, goodness. Told, oh, yeah, yeah, that story. I like her story. I know why the cage bird sings. And what happened to her, she turned it for five years when they, uh, the, the neighborhood killed him for what he did to her. And knowing what happened, she lost her voice. And for five years, she was a mute. She wouldn't talk. She wouldn't talk at all. But her grandmother kept saying, you're going to talk again. You're going to do this. Her grandmother was instrumental in encouraging her until now, you know, uh, once she started, you know, she's very good at uh, um, poetry. Um, just, just super in everything that she did, and uh, we still celebrate her even until today. Uh, she had ten rules that she lived by, but one thing that she said to you pose a, she said, "Do the best that you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better." She learned, and one of the things you can see in her lifetime, she learned from the things that she suffered. She turned her pain into um, something that built her up. Well, because I like from the that. Lips that she, yeah. How she many, turned it into how many something. did you say? She's got about 10, but I couldn't write down all of them because I thought it would have a lot more. But um, some of her, if you listen to her, um, she talks about, you think, you know, uh, she, uh, she coined the phrase, still I rise. No matter what you've done, and still I rise. You can't keep me down, and still I rise. You know, and still I rise. And uh, that, you know, you heard that. You hear that a lot. Um, just not gonna let anything keep her down. Okay, she's what's another one? Can you I like her story. Uh, 
I like her story. Um, I know about the Cage Bird thing because she talks about she's written her autobiographies over and over and over again. And uh, it, it was very interesting, very interesting. If you really want to read something, her her her, her autobiographies are very interesting. Uh, last week we talked about Miss Michelle Obama, who was the first black lady, uh, first lady of the United States uh, through her husband. Uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. And how she, she was a lawyer. Yeah, she was a lawyer. Yeah. And um, she, she has since earned her doctorate degree since then. But uh, she was a great first lady in breaking the ice in the White House. Her husband was disrespected. Oh, it was sickening. The way he was disrespected. They kept saying, like, uh, well, he's really a Muslim. Putting out, you saying things like that about him. And. But, <coughs> Excuse me, using his uh, race and his what he believes, whether he was a Christian or not. She said, I know what we are, well, what we are. Because they went to um, um, uh, Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright's church. And in fact, he was the one that married them, you know, and all of this. And, you know, out of all the turmoil that happened when he made his statement about goddamn America, and they took it all out of proportion. They kept referring it back to President Obama. He had to calm that down calm everything down. And it was said that it was the women, black women, women, I should say, who helped to put President Obama into office through their donations, through everything. They put him into office, and she served for eight years. And it was, yes. I, you know, it was very hard on her because no one wants to relieve it. They don't want to respect him. So think of what she was going through in the White House. But she still held to her guns. You know, she had two, two girls she had to raise. Her mother was the babysitter. She had to present herself. And a lot of times they would try to say a lot of negative things about her. One man was saying how she looked like a gorilla in the face and all of this other stuff, you know. It was just ugly the way the uh, powers that be treated the couple. But they still held to their own, held their head, held themselves in a high regard and was able to do and he he And he got a second position. Yes, he uh, did. You know, uh, we put him back in office again. And people really wanted him to do a third off when they finally found out, you know. But uh, isn't her, his, well, they're both daughters. Isn't she in yeah. Michigan going to school? One was, uh, was it the baby, the girl? Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, yeah. But then they constantly have to have uh, people around them all the time. Everything they do is read of all men, you know. You, and once you're yeah. in the public light, you know, that's it. I think uh, one of them was talking about how the Secret Service men had to teach her how to drive, you know, and things like that. But um, she did a very good job. And, uh, whoever made her clothes kept her looking sharp. And the last <laughs> time when they were, you know, I mean, that, that outfit that she wore, you know, was just – just beautiful, and then uh, now they've had now they've got their pictures, their portraits hanging up in the White House, and I thought it was nice. One of the, what, the uh, girl? comments that uh, President, no, uh, President uh, Obama oh, yeah. and Michelle Obama, yeah, yeah and he made this is. statement. She said one of the things that they said um, they never desecrated the White House, the black people built. They honored the place. During the labor that went into that place, black flesh, you know, building the place. And uh, the whoever did those portraits did a beautiful job. But, um, yeah, she used to be uh, remembered and commemorated for what she did because it was a strain on her for eight years. He had to yeah. run the nation and all yeah. the things that were said, and they were calling him a lie and all this happening to your husband. And, you know, it, it, that's something. When people you're supposed to be serving – who's supposedly backing you. And then what was sad about it, during the middle of, uh, you know, the, uh, the um, he got through that um, um, uh, care program, the medical program. But what's sad about it, because we didn't vote in the midterm elections, a lot of those people who voted with him to get that um, Obamacare through, they lost their jobs because we did not stand and that those middle elections are very, very important. And he had to go on from there 
and used his executive orders as far as he could go in, in order to make changes. And uh, that was uh, sad because he was left there by himself. But I remember him saying this. He said, listen, I asked for this job, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I never forget. He put his pen down. He says, I asked for this job. His family is involved in everything, and I'm going to do this job. And he did. A lot of the uh, generals did not want to serve under him. They started, you know, uh, uh, you know, he had to put someone else in their place and keep going. He was open to the military. But just think of all this pressure that's on her seeing this, and they're trying to run a nation. And even uh, he was the leader of the free world, all of this that she had to face up to. But seeing this happen to her husband and her family, when the nation that you're supposed to be serving turns against you like that. And she really stood up under a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And they well, changed it. They too. made the White House. Oh yes, she did. But she had, but you know, she had to keep silent. She couldn't run over him. That's what she had to keep silent. And that's something rough when you see somebody messing up your family. And I, I give it to her. You know, I really give it to her. Um, the one that we talked about last week also was Eleanor Roosevelt. And as I said before, how instrumental she was. And getting things done after her husband got polio. And he served for three terms, and she was out there. In every area, she served, and um, she was just open to the needs of the people. We talked about her, um, Michelle Obama. Um, let's see. I have one here that I... Um, If anyone has anything to say or they would like to present something, uh, I, would, yeah, I would encourage you to um, just press the one and you get, we'll get, you'll give you a chance to help me out here. <laughs> um, let's see. This is the one I like. Uh, her name was Theodora. She was the Empress of the Byzantines. From 497, now listen to this, 497 to 548. She was an actress, but she married Emperor Justinian, and she helped in his political affairs. She, was, she built relationships with other uh, foreign leaders. She um, recognized women's rights back then. This is 497 to 508. Some of the things she did, you know, women could not own property. They couldn't do anything. She changed a lot of laws. Um, and when in a divorce settlement, a woman could be pushed out with nothing. But she altered that. She made uh, it proper for law, proper laws, property laws, to give the woman something out of the marriage and benefits to women and prohibited it. She even stopped the trafficking of young girls. These are things that we're faced with on, on a lot of things even now. But back in 497 to 548, she was a... Um, up-to-date thinker, you know. It was said that she even started a convent for ex-prostitutes where they could go rest, after, you know, have some place to go and things of that nature. But, uh, we, you know, we're faced with that in our community even now. The traffic, the sex trafficking and all of this that's really, uh, you know, you, you're scared to let your child go outside. You really yeah, are. Yeah, isn't that... But she, isn't that back, go no, ahead. isn't that sad because when we were it coming is. up, we could we could be outside and play jump rope and you know yeah. right on the um, sidewalk. Hop stop things. Like yeah, and we could do all that stuff, but we had to go in when the light came on. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be in the house and things of that nature. And there was always somebody. There was like a big mama there someplace around there, but now it's not there in our community, and things yeah. are really are happening. That's sad, you know. I hate to look at the news sometimes. This person is missing. That person is missing. You know, the yeah, young girls. A lot, of kids, found her, yeah. a lot of the kids have to stay home alone. That's true. That is definitely true. That really and is definitely true. And they think just, that they, we get to a certain point, they're grown, and they're not. They're vulnerable, even more so. But a lot of even more them so. miss things because they only have one parent in the house, and... You know, that's kind of hard when the parent has it to is. work and the kids have and to stay with well, the better. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can, but, you know, some of those uh, kids, you know, you have to be careful. 
you have to be careful with your children. You can't yes, just leave them it, with anybody. That's true. So and that's what's happening. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting about her. She was a, a, a you know a up-to-date thinker as far as women's rights. And that has been the case, the women's rights. Okay, and I, this one person I like, Mother Teresa. She's a missionary <laughs> of the uh, charities. Uh, she, was, she was an Albanian, Albanian nun, and um, she was famous for taking care of babies. You know, and, and she worked in, in India for 17 years. In India, the woman, the girl, child is not valued. A lot of times they put them out on the street because they want boys. They want boys. They want, this is what they want. And she would take, pick up the baby and have them raise, they helped to raise the children and things of that nature, which I thought was interesting. And um, she would help the poorest of the poor in all of this. Uh, this was her calling, and she felt comfortable in it, and she liked it. She received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. She worked in India for 17 years, Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. This one I thought was interesting, Princess Diana. You know, she was married to Charles III, uh, first, his first wife, and the marriages didn't kick off well at all. And then, but it's something she really don't get up and divorce in a royal setting, but she did. She did, and then you look at her trying to rebuild. It helped a lot of women who are just regular women, common women who were divorced and trying to rebuild a life for themselves. And she was like a role model. She became an activist. She wasn't afraid to shake the hands of a person who was a leper or a person who was uh, had AIDS or anything or like black. that. She was known for her compassion, and she traveled all over the world. And uh, she had, and she would dress sharp. I mean, the hair, the I loved the way she dressed. And she was really trying to build a new life for herself. When uh, her death has always been questionable, but um, but she was that she had both. Go she ahead. was being used. Yes, she was used. You know, she's the mother of Prince Harry and Prince William. They're heirs to the throne. That's what they really wanted, you know. And she was young and healthy enough to do that, and she did. And uh, they lost their mother. But uh, she was a very interesting woman. And just out there, visiting hospitals, the places that, you know, normally you wouldn't be bothered with. But she made herself available. And she became very popular because of that, building a new life for herself after a broken marriage in a royal setting. And I thought that was interesting. Um, this is the one I think we all going to like this, of Miss Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> she was an American talk show host. She had it for 25 years. And uh, she was at one time uh, working on the papers. And she said she didn't do a good job of interviewing this woman who had lost her family, if I can remember. She had some certain things that happened to her. She was uh, bothered when she was a young girl and things like that. Her father was encouraging to her because he would always make her learn a new word every day. Learn a new word. Learn how to talk. Learn how to do this. And she became a talk show host for 25 years. And uh, she is a a black billionaire. uh, she decided to help girls, uh, especially in South Africa, under uh, Mandela. She built a school there, but she wanted to not just educate them, but she wanted to build them and empower them for leadership. She built this real swanky type school, you know, with all the up-to-date uh, things. And but a lot of people said, "Well, mom, this, this. Go where ahead. did she where did she build it?" <laughs> In South Africa, in South Africa. Uh huh. She didn't do it in in, in America. South... She said is because it, uh, I, heard... I believe it is, but she um she noticed that <coughs> a lot of times you can be too full. You're not hungry enough in order to make it. You know, you're too satisfied. If you do, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. She was looking for the hungry population of girls who wanted to do something that still had a spirit to learn, to put themselves in. And the way they, you know, got the girls and things, a lot of things happened in the school that she had to go down and take care of it, you know. Um, 
with some of the teachers. Um, you know, South Africa had a very high AIDS level, AIDS um, epidemic yeah. going on because of the immorality, all of this. I believe a couple but of I uh, wish. I wish children. we had yeah, done it here in the state. It's hard to do it here because a lot of our, she found out that we were too comfortable. We're too comfortable. We're, we're too comfortable, you know. Our poverty here is like somebody being rich outside of some of them other countries. They were too comfortable. They didn't want to really dig into it. She wanted to build people, find girls who had a spirit about them for leadership roles to empower them with education. The first thing you do is you educate them and to see how they go after it, after the, you know, and things like that. She had some problems there that she had to clear out. A lot of people uh, complained because of the, how she built the school. They said, well, you can just build a little something and educate more people. She didn't want that. She wanted leadership, positive leadership among women that would draw other women and other people and other, you know, to educate people and things like that. That's what she emphasized, and she was highly criticized for it. But this is what she said she wanted to see, to become leaders, to, you know, to lead the masses, to help, to pull everything together. And this is what she did. Um, her saying was, educate a woman. When you educate a woman, you educate a nation. In those leadership roles, look at what Bishop Zakes, just to say, what he's doing. He believed in uh, creating leaders in a very volatile situation. Very volatile situation. This is what she believed. And um, she did that. She was interested. She's, built, she's made movies uh, in, in the color purple. Uh, she's an actress. Um, she did a very good job in playing Sophia. <laughs> Everybody uses some of the things that she said. Uh, she played in Beloved. Um, the movie that I liked about her was how she was stood out in the color purple. She was her own woman. She knew what she wanted to do. Those are her babies. That was it, you know. And when her husband tried to smother her to keep her down, and when a wolf, or the Whoopi Goldberg told her, her husband to beat her, <laughs> they were beating on each other, you know. She wasn't going to take it, which, you know, um, which led to her being put in jail when she didn't want to be somebody's, the mayor, the mayor's um, wife's uh, maid. She said, no, I don't want to be that. You know, she used the word. And uh, for that, you know, that was a no-no back in the South and how they made her uh, be a maid, even after they beat her up and things like that. And, uh, you know, but she finally, they got back together. Her and her husband got back together and um, was able to do it. it. It shows what happens, what they were dealing with in the South, and she did a very good job of playing that. I think she did a very good job. Um, she, she's got her own television a station. Is a station, can I say that? She has her own yeah. magazine, home magazine. Um, Isn't that something? It's, nobody was on there but her. Yeah, and she has a lot of interesting articles on it. A lot of people feel that when she talks about spiritualism, that she's off-key and they don't feel that uh, she should be saying things. One of the things, well, you know, we look at it. She said, I can, she said I'll be responsible for my own spiritual life before God. I can do this. You know, a lot of times um, you wonder, uh, has her popularity and um, her uh, money gone to her head where, you know, um, how can I say it? You can say this one thing about God, you know. and But she say everybody has their own spirituality. They have this, they have that, you know, all of this. Well, we, we who believe in the Bible, we look at it in a different, a different light. But this is, I've heard a lot of criticism from a lot of men about what she's saying. I liked it when she helped out uh, Brianna Taylor's parents. She helped them by putting, the, putting her picture up on, on um billboards and things of that nature to bring about the nation's um, attention on what happened to this girl who was going to be an EMS, had graduated, going to be an EMS, and came to find out all these lies that were told was how she was shot eight times and things of that nature. And uh, trying to say this happened now, you know, that, that whole thing has blown up. 
but she was and she helped it with people who were hurting, who were really hurting. When you see the death of a child at the at the hands of the police, and uh, she's just been all out there, you know, all out there. She was very instrumental in uh, helping with the Obama uh, um, campaigns. She was very instrumental in that, and she had the money to back it also. And um, just Oprah is Oprah. <laughs> I like the movie she made with um, uh, Denzel Washington, um, The Great Debaters. I thought that was a very good movie. It shows what oh, was happening to black that people. One. Oh, it will make you cry. And they, they come upon a, um, a situation where they had just tired and feathered and uh, hung a, a, a lynch to black man and what they went through with. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, if you get a chance to look at it, I would suggest you do. It brings you up to date in a lot of things. that you know, What's the name of it? The Great Debaters. He was teaching them, Denzel Washington was teaching them to be a debate. I like and, him. Um, it was very, it's a very good movie. And then they were trying to say that he was really a communist and things like that, the church. And, uh, you know, he was saying how Jesus was a revolutionary and all of this. And he and Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker was a preacher. It was a very good movie, very good. In fact, I have it on my YouTube. <laughs> but, um, oh, really? It's that really I've never yeah, heard of that, that really You know, yeah. his wife uh, almost put him down. <laughs> he's been he busy, said, he's been busy. Let's face it, all that in his face, all that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he he told us why. Uh uh. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't he, gonna he, let go of us. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they get uh, they, uh, um, they were remarried or you know repeated their vows? Uh, Reverend uh, Desmond Tutu. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. They well, I know he wasn't gonna talk, let her like go. That. Huh? <laughs> but you know yeah. his son now. He was he got mad uh, in a, he was in a well, I'm sure he was, but he was in a movie. He can't act. <laughs> well, they don't have what their daddy do, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that his man too. Yeah. It seems like we can't talk about the women until we mention the men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Camilla Harris, Miss Camilla Harris, I liked her. Uh, she's uh, an American poli- political a politician. She was a uh, she's an attorney. She's the 49th uh, pre- uh, vice president of the United States. She is a fe- the first female in that role as a uh, vice president. This is interesting. She's a, she's an African American, but she's also an Asian American by way of birth. Her right. father was from Af- from uh, Jamaica. Her mother's from India. <laughs> she's married to a Jewish. I think he's a Jewish lawyer. I'm not. If I'm not mistaken. And, and he um, quick his job. Yeah, to be with her to help her out. And you, uh-huh. you can see the disrespect, the disrespect that she has been given. She's learning this position. It's a new thing for her. She makes mistakes, but she still keeps going out there uh, to represent the United States the best that she can especially in the African nations and uh, just all over, talking to people, you know, being a representative. And it's hard because a lot of people, when you really get outside the United States, they really do not respect women in positions of authority like that. And that, to me, that was interesting. But she's doing the I feel she's doing a good job. You know, uh, if anybody else has any comments, please call in and um She's, um, the thing is that she had to break the tie. Uh, you know, she was a tiebreaker, you know, in the, yeah. um, you know, uh, as far as the Congress is concerned. And we gained that power. Now, a lot of people are complaining. They're saying when the Democrats did have all this power, how come we didn't get a lot of things accomplished? A lot of times they're going to come in on the Democratic ticket, but then turn when they get into that position. You know, things. this is what we've been faced with. But all in all, it's something new. She has to learn it. She has to break the ice in it, all of this, you know. And um, she's in it to win it. Even no matter well, what it's said, what it's Go ahead. I hope that he uh, 
wins again. I really do. I don't know, but I I hope he does. And then, Mister, uh, what is it? What does she call him? Anyway, <laughs> I hope I hope they put him in jail. I don't we'll know. About we, we, we're not going to spoil it, but I was thinking of this. Suppose, like, we're being faced with Russia, China, uh, North Korea. Suppose something happens and she has to step into that position. Who? I think they would try to fight her. It would be more of a fight to keep her out of that position because she would have to be the next president. Oh, she would well. have to be. That's the rules. But, you know, they've been changing rules as they go. It's crazy. They would probably fight to tip and throw out that position. You know, the, the attitude, men have a action. problem. Yes. They have a problem, they have a problem with period. men, uh, with women. And not only that, they don't seem to have um, any kind of situation over them. They yeah. don't like it, no. no. It used to be in we used um, I remember I asked uh, Reverend Sharpton on one of his programs when he was talking about what uh, uh, President Biden was running. And so I asked him, he was talking about putting them in strategic positions, black people, instead of just on the outskirts. And so I had, I said, I called um, on his program and I asked him, I said, do we really have, and it's to my ignorance, I said, do we really have black people who are capable of handling that because all I've seen all the time are white people in those positions, you know. And, you know, white is right, you know. That's what we've been used to. He said, yes, we have people who are capable of it. And look what they put over the, uh, was it the Secretary of the, uh, Defense or something like that? A black man who, who has been in the trenches trying to handle things, you know. A lot of times they're trying to undermine him, you know. Put you know, and all of this because they will undermine you uh, to mess it up to, so that it won't really you know function. But he said, "Yes, we do have." And I said, "Well, please forgive my ignorance, because it's hard to see that. It's hard to see it. If I, you know, I don't know if anybody else is like that, but it's hard to see it that you have a well, capable black person or a man who can handle stuff like that." He said, Trump "Yes, we do not, have." Trump is not. Um... Uh, liking America because when he was asking something, but he was going against against America and holding up with his buddy in Russia. Now, my my thing, uh, I think he should have been kicked out right then, right there. How can you say that America is not better than Russia? You can't. You, I mean, see, uh-uh, no. He needs to go to jail. He really does. I hope the he evangelical does. Evangelical, especially the white evangelical community is holding him up. They're holding but him up. You and know they have what? the money. They're the ones that somebody, got the money. Back yeah, oh yeah, he does too. But somebody would probably he really didn't have it. the money. Well, he really they'll didn't probably. But he's no good. A lot of papers. He's no good. They're he needs to. He needs to just go somewhere and go to bed and leave he's everybody. Not, I'm gonna tell you. What they're doing now is glorifying him. He's going to let them indict him and say all this other stuff and everything. They can do that. Well, I but hope you have they the put him in jail. Who, uh, you have the Jews who are backing him because, and those Jewish lawyers, because they're backing him because of what he did for Israel. When he took our base, our you know, our, our embassy and put it in Jerusalem. In other words, he's saying, that that is their capital now, you know, and they just love him. They're doing everything and all this other stuff, you know. They forget about what President Obama did for them. He helped to build that dome system to, to work with those bombs and things of that nature. He helped there in, the, you know, the Jewish population there. 
But he would have done more. He would have done more if he could have. They wouldn't let him. They kept fighting him, yeah, and all this, kept fighting him and everything that it was, you know. Here you are trying. It reminds me of Moses. Moses brought him out of Egypt, did everything, and every time he looked up, they wanted to kill him. <laughs> and, and Aaron, you know. And he said, why do you keep fighting with me? I'm the one that got you out this far. He opened up the sea, everything. And as soon as they come into a problem, you brought us out here to die. Now, we ain't got no food. We ain't got no this. So they, all the things that happened, you know, they would, they would com- keep complaining and murmuring. And things of that nature, yeah. But um, when it comes down to it, they see uh, him, uh, President Trump, as Cyrus the Great. You have to read upon Cyrus the Great as to how um, he let the he gave the order and the written order for them to go back to the Holy Land to start making you know building their Ezra, Nehemiah, the Book of Ezra, Nehemiah. After things of that, they went back and started to build their temple again against all odds, and he gave them the right to do that. And he put it in writing, although he was killed, you know, but he did put it in writing. He did that for them. And that's what they're looking to him to be like, uh, Cyrus the Great. Anyway, let's get back to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. Mother Teresa, cousin. Let's see. Um, we were talking about Oprah. Did we talk about? Yes, we talked about Oprah. All the leadership and that she did. And she was high, as I said before, she was highly criticized for the building such a, a fancy uh, school. But like she said, I just don't want to, I want to empower women for leadership. That's what she kept emphasizing, why she did this, why. She had to state, you know, why she was supporting it. She had to get rid of some of the uh, teachers there for their their attitude, actions, and attitudes, and things of that nature, in order to get these women um, um, educated. But they had to show a spirit about them. You know, there was one thing they said in the scripture about uh, Joshua and uh, Caleb. They they was of a different spirit. They were going to succeed based on what they had experienced. They were going to succeed. They were going to take the land, the holy land, when they went in there, the spies that went in there. Two of them came back because they were of a different spirit. Yes, they, they big, they this, they that, they all, they really built in there, but we can take it because God is with us. They didn't forget that. And um, this is how um, um, they, they were supposed to look at it, you know. And this is what she wants, of a different spirit. Because she's trying to bring a nation, uh, the, South African, the South African nation, up to par. Well, they can compete in, for this century. And you have to have effective leadership. Let's see, Camilla Harris. But I would feel that they would attack her. If they had to swear her in. She's really be in danger. You know, a lot of the immigrants that's coming across the border in Texas, a lot of times they'll drive up there and put them on her porch. That's what they're doing, <laughs> the immigrants that are coming in. Yeah, you say you want these immigrants, this is what we're going to do, and they drop them off at her, off at her house. This is what is happening. That's no type of respect at all, none at all. If you have any questions at all or anything you'd like to say, please call in. We talked about Diana, Mother Teresa, Theodora, Oprah, Camilla. I don't know. I mentioned her, Sojourner. Did I talk about Sojourner Truth? Now, I liked what I found out even more about her, being an ex-slave. You know, her favorite speech, Ain't I a Woman? Um, She was an abolitionist. Uh, she believed in women's rights, and she knew how to really get it across to them. It was some type of a case that she had to, she filed in court. She was a, uh, that she won the case in court against, um, for herself and her child. It was interesting to note, too, that she had a, can you believe having a juvenile delinquent during the time of slavery? Well, with her son, Peter, <laughs> he was horrible, and he wouldn't do right for nothing in the world. 
And it was rumored that he he, um, he um, got on the ship. He became a sailor, but he was probably lost at sea. But um, her, she was known for her active activism, um, her speech, and she was really heavy into women's suffrage and women's rights, and even prison reform. She was used in all of these areas in order to change the world. She was down where the rubber meets the road, being an ex-slave, and um, she was good at articulating. Just what's, and what's interesting, I found out that she's buried here in Michigan in Battle Creek. She's buried in Battle Creek. Um, does anyone have any questions or anything? Um, there were so many people. Let's see. You know, the Queen Elizabeth that just died, Queen Elizabeth II, she was the longest reigning monarch that we had. Although uh, Victoria, Queen Victoria, she ruled over a large portion of, um, I think she ruled for, about, for a long time, but a large portion of, of England uh, over the, you know, South Africa. Uh, you know, if you look at the picture, I love to look at the picture of Zulu and Zulu Dawn, but, um, you know, she really ruled for a long time, and she was very effective in that. Um, when you read about, uh, I like to read about George Mueller, who started the orphanages in, um, in England. And it was a time when Queen Victoria was having problems having children, and she asked George Mueller to pray for her. He was like a evangelical brethren uh, there. And so he did, and she started having children. And she had a big family, she and her husband, her husband, Albert. But um, she was very effective in her position as the Queen of England. Does anyone else have anything to say? Well, I want to say I think you did a fantastic uh, What There's is so that? many uh, of them. Yeah, it was it was really nice because you were talking about women, and this was Women's Month, and I, you know, I just think you did a great job because that was. Well, a I left lot out one of, woman. What? I left out one great woman, and I would like to say to our audience that we should take our hat off to our own uh, Jenny White, who. Um, <laughs> And reading about children's books, I meant to say that children's books, um, she wrote a book entitled, Daddy, What is Racism? And, you know, they're trying to take a lot of our books out and our history out. What is racism? And she got an award, I think, would I call it an award or an emblem? Because of the effectiveness of this book, Daddy, What is Racism? To explain it to to the next generation just what it is and what it's like. So they'll know how to handle that. You know, right now they're saying that this, this next generation, they, they can't fight, they, they can't stand up for anything. We have a lot of our suicides among young, uh, young people. Um, look at this, what happened recently uh, when this woman went into this church, Christian church and shot the people, shot the kids up because of what happened to her when she was young. All of this. It's crazy. What is racism? And the other children's books that she's been, she's been writing books, but now uh, for the longest, and I think we should make her our honorable mention. And uh, <laughs> she's been with this program. This program, for, it has, been, has it been seven years now? Yes. <laughs> seven years of, anyway, of talking about any and everything yes. that affects yes. the community and how we can better move our community ahead. And in reading some of the things that these women did, it has encouraged me to find, we can find answers, just like they found answers. This one woman, um, Theodora, when I found out that she was fighting for women's rights way back there, and how she she got married to this man, and was politically, uh, you know, able to uh, bring things about for women during that time, it's an encouragement. It is a real encouragement. Yes. And each, yeah. all of them were interested. They, they believed in education. You have to educate. 
You have to educate. And I thought it would be good for us to remember our own, you know, who's on the ball here, on the ball here. (laughs) This program for seven years. And uh, to thank you all for the... uh, the audience we have who tune in every week to just listen. Yes. They won't say anything, but we know you're there. Oh, yes, we know you're there. <laughs> but uh, uh, remember that uh, somebody had to stand up and take notice and take the first steps with yes. all of the problems, the personal problems that they face and uh, family problems and things of that nature. But you still move on. She hasn't lost her focus. And so we thank you and we salute you, Miss Jenny White. Oh. And she believes oh. in education. Believe she believes in education, Lord. Education. Yes, you know. <laughs> education is a thing. Y'all, Not my only son that, told me. I'm go I'm going higher. I'm going higher. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I Age know. Is nothing but a number. I'm excited. So what you do with that number, yeah. I, yes. I like to think of Abraham when he he was old, he couldn't have a baby or nothing. But when the Holy Ghost made him alive, he <laughs> had his son and and on. He went out this world populating. I tell you, he went out this world populating. He didn't waste nothing, and that's what we should do. Age is nothing but a number. Seventy-five years he had. He saw his grandchildren. And he died as they were 15 when he died. That's Jacob and Esau. He saw that. And yeah. he did an awful lot. He did an awful lot because of the faith that he had while he was yet a Gentile. Hmm. And God counted him for righteousness. He didn't work for it or nothing. He just believed God when he told him something. And he acted the part. So thank you, Ms. Jenny White, for the opportunity to share. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and, we and like I was saying photos. before, uh, <laughs> anyone that wants to talk about something, you know, they all all they got to do is tell me, and they can do it too. I was thinking, though, I think it would be really nice if we had a comet show. What do you think? And laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> okay. It's needed. It is. Laughter is medicine. Oh, yes. yes Laughter is. is medicine. Yes, it is. Sometimes I can feel so burdened in this place. In my senior citizen place, I get to laughing and cutting up and get on my own nerves. <laughs> you do get on your own nerves until you can calm your own self down. Laughter is yes. medicine. Yes, it is. Yes. And I, I really think we should do that. But uh, I love all the people that are here. Like you said, they didn't say anything. But, you know, maybe they got something out of what you said. And before, you did a great job. You did a great job now. I don't think I would have done that. (laughs) But you did. There were so many more, yeah. There were so many more women, but um, to get it all down, yeah. Yeah, but you did a good job. Thank you very much. I say, yes, my goal is not to be better than anyone else, but to be better than I used to be. And that's what I'm saying. So any of us, you know, can do that. And I'll just like to say I thank you guys for calling in, well, for calling and listening. And uh, we've had a great time. And hopefully we've learned something. So that's a good thing. And what we did was let's talk about it with Jenny White. And we talked about women who change the world. And I say good night, have a good weekend. Talk to you next Friday. Good night. Thank you very much. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.